You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. So it's often that you come here and we say that we believe our mission as a church is to help people become like Jesus. Because we believe that is the understanding of holiness, that that we are to help people become like Jesus, becoming Christ-like in our relationship with God and in our relationships with believers, one another, but also in our relationships with people who aren't believers, people who aren't confessing to be Christian, professing to be Christian. And so... I would understand if somebody says, hey, just time out for a minute. Could, could we talk about that? Because I understand that I can have relationships with other people who follow Christ. Or I understand that I can be in relationships with people who aren't Christian. That, that's not a problem for me. But when you say what you say, you're assuming that I can have, as a human being, as a man, a mere mortal, you're saying that I can have a relationship with God. I mean, Rick, do you really believe that a person can live and function in relationship with the God who created the universe? So we've been in this series called Seven, you know, Big Questions, Life's Big Questions. And so you may say, I've been here all these Sundays and I believe in God and I believe that, you know, God is is good and He is love and And I believe that the Bible is trustworthy and reliable. And I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And and I believe that although Christianity is narrow, it is truth. But for the life of me, when I think about how big and how great God is, and I think about the fact that He created the universe and everything in it, for the life of me, I just cannot begin to imagine that God as big and as massive and as great as He is, has a desire or would ever consider being in relationship with me. So let me just give you some words from Scripture this morning, okay? Here's what the Bible teaches me when I open it and I read it. The Bible says that to those who receive Jesus... He gives the right, the power, the authority. He puts us in the right state to become children of God. Oh, so now you're not just saying that I can have a relationship with God. Now you're saying that I can have a relationship like a parent-child relationship. There's a lot of relationships in my life that I love very much. I have friendships and I have family. But I'm telling you, my two girls... I have a relationship with them that is different than any other relationships, okay? I mean, what what Annette and I would give to our daughters, what we would do for our daughters, how we pray for our daughters, I mean, those are special relationships. And now you're not only saying that the God who created everything as big and as great as He is wants a relationship to me, He wants a father-child relationship with me. I believe that's what the Bible is teaching us. So let me take you to those words, okay? John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and I'm going to start with verse 9. We were in the Gospel of John together a couple of weeks ago, and we're coming back to the Gospel of John, the same chapter. We really dealt with the first paragraph and the fourth fourth paragraph. Uh, This morning we're going to focus on the third paragraph, starting with verse 9, okay? We didn't spend much time there last time, so we will pick it up now. So John chapter 1, verse 9. 
So the words will be on the screen for you as well, but here is the Word of God. John says, the true light that gives light to everyone, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That's the good news. Here's some bad news. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. So here is Jesus in the world, and although the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Back to the good news. You ready? Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right. He gave the power. He gave authority. He put us in a state to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. Sometimes when we get together like this, I will share with you something I've been reading and maybe a poll or a survey that's been done. And, and sometimes I, I don't always believe that, that they are the full gospel. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think at least they point us in the right direction. And so here's what I read in the last couple of weeks. I read that in a Barna, George Barna survey of adults in the United States, adults in the U.S., they were asked, when you consider your future, what condition do you want your future to be in? And so then you could check options in more than one. Do you know what 75% of the adults in the USA checked? When I think about my future, you know what I want in my future? One of the things that I want in my future is a closer relationship with God. So you say, wait, wait. You're telling me that in the U.S., 75% of adults said, when I think about my future, if there are things that I can select that I would like in my future, one of the things I would like is a closer relationship with God. See, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I get it. I understand that. I understand it because we were made, created by God. And, and within all of us is a desire to know God. At some point in your life, if you haven't yet, you're going to find yourself staring into darkness. Or at an ocean, or at a ceiling, or at a piece of carpet. And, and you're going to think to yourself, I wish I could know God. So in the 17th century, there was a philosopher whose name was Blaise Pascal. He was also really a Christian philosopher, and he was a mathematician. But let me show you what he says, okay? He says, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person. In the heart of every person, there is a God-shaped vacuum. And it can never be filled by any created thing. It can only be filled by God, made known through Jesus Christ. So, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person, and it can never be filled by any created thing. It can only be filled by God, made known through Jesus Christ. And so, when I talk about us having a personal relationship with God, then I am making a pretty big assumption it may be a statement that's fairly ambitious that says God can be known. 
And so, I mean, think about it. I'm, I'm a person. I'm, I'm a man. I'm, I'm a mere mortal. Am I standing here trying to say to you that I, I have the ability to know God? You know what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 37? Jesus says, no one knows the Father. That's what Jesus says. Jesus says, no one knows the Father except the Son, meaning Himself, and <laughs> those to whom I choose to reveal Him. And so when we talk about understanding God through creation and realizing that there is a God when I look at creation, Jesus is talking about a much more intimate revelation that you can actually enter into a relationship with God. You can enter into a relationship with God because Jesus makes Him known to you. So John writes about this very thing. And John says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And so I know I stand up here on Sunday morning and I preach and um, I wonder what goes through your mind when I do. I wonder what you're thinking. I wonder what you're thinking when I read the scripture, okay? Um, Are you asking questions as we read through it like, okay, when he says he's the true light, does he mean like in contrast to a false light? Is he saying that other people came claiming to be the true light but they weren't and now Jesus has come and he is the true light? And, and, in, and in regard to that, does he mean that he is light in terms of revelation? Like, he has shown us what God is like. Or is he talking also about light in terms of, in contrast to darkness or sin or evil? Is he meaning that he is pure and holy and righteous? And when he says he is the light for every man, we know that the Jews despise Gentiles, right? Does he mean that he is really the light for everybody? So here's what I think John is saying. The true light has come. God Himself has come. And He has come for everybody. And that means He has come for you. So Rick, just (laughs) give me a minute here. You're saying that I can have a relationship, can personally know God who created the universe and sustains it. I can have a relationship with Him. I'm telling you, you can have a parent-child relationship with Him. He wants to be your Father. So, so that's the good news. Then there's some bad news. And the bad news is, He was in the world and though the world was made through Him, the world did not recognize Him. So, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this gospel that John writes. And it begins with these words, In the beginning was the Logos. And the Logos, the Word, was with God. And the Logos was God. And what he's saying is, you've been talking about and dreaming about Logos for the last 500 years. Your philosophers have been writing about Logos. I'm trying to tell you that the Logos is God, and God created the world. And God came, in verse 14 he says, and made his dwelling among man, in the flesh. But the world didn't recognize him. Although he was the one who created the world, the world did not recognize him. And he even comes to his own. Is he talking about like people? Is he talking about Israel? 
He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But then we get back to good news. But as many as did receive him, he gave the right to enter into this relationship with God. God your Father, yours child. So let's, let's talk about it for a little while together, okay? Uh, you might say, Rick, is, that, is all of that consistent with what we learn about God? That, that God really wants relationships with people? Is, is, that, is that what we've known about God all along? Well, there's this, there's this one occasion in the Bible where God is talking about a man. And his name is Abraham. And you know how God refers to Abraham? He refers to him as my friend. Now, I don't know if that blows you away a little bit, but when I think about God saying, Oh, yeah, I got this friend. Uh, his name is Abraham. Do you know him? I mean, to me, that's pretty impressive. Th- that when God thinks about people, a guy like Abraham, God says, Yeah, he's, he's a friend of mine. We're, we're friends, Abraham and I. We're, he's, we're friends. And then you got these other places in the Old Testament where you got a guy like Moses and over and over and over again God appears to Moses he has conversations he relates to Moses and then there's this one time when the nation of Israel is going on a trip and they say we don't want to go if you don't go and God says okay I'll go with you I mean think about you're going to take a trip and God says I'll come along and so he, he leads them in this cloud in the daytime and in the night. It's a pillar of fire. And God guides them the whole way. And he says, okay, if you want me to go that bad, I'll just go with you. And God takes a trip with a nation. They take a journey together. And then one day God says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to become a man. And not only am I going to become a man, but I'm going I'm to live with people. And I'm going to have friendships with people. And so these 12 disciples, he pulls together really close. And then three of the disciples, he pulls even closer. And then there's this two sisters and a brother. And he says, I like them. I think I'll be their friends. I'm going to go to their house and hang out. And I'll put my feet up. And sometimes they cook. That's, that's God. But within his very nature, he is relational. Relating as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the three personalities, but together they are in relationship. By His very nature, God is relational. So, so you might be saying, okay, just, just kind of stop it already up there. You're yelling a lot today. Just... But does God want to talk to me? Like, does He relate to people? Does He communicate? Does He actually, you know, have relationship? And so the Hebrew writer says it like this. In the past, God spoke to us, to our ancestors, through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Yeah, God's always spoken, the Hebrew writer says. He's always talked to people. And then the Hebrew writer says, but in these last days, He's spoken to us through His Son. Yeah, God speaks. God has always spoken And Jesus says to the disciples, I'm going away, but it's okay that I'm going away because the counselor, the spirit of truth will come. And Jesus says, how would I describe him to you? He's going to like hang out with you. And he is going to give you instruction and he's going to talk to you. 
In fact, Jesus says it this way. He's going to guide you into all truth. So I think, I think we have to talk about what happened. Um, I think we have to talk about what went wrong. Because we don't talk about what happened and what went wrong, then none of this makes any sense to anybody. And so let me spend a few minutes there, okay? If you open your Bible to the first book, the first chapter, the first verse, here's what it says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then if you flip a page, it says, God created male and female in his own image. He created them. Then if you look on the next page, it says that God planted a garden at a place called Eden. And then it says God took the man and the woman and he placed them in the garden and he said, enjoy, it's for you. Eat all you want, but don't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so when you flip the next page, you read stuff like this, that, that the wife and the husband heard the Lord God walking through the garden in the cool of the day, saying, where are you? And so, I think, that if you had been able to talk to Adam and Eve when God put them in the garden, and you said to Adam and Eve, do you have a personal relationship with God? I assume that Adam and Eve would have said, what other kind of relationship could you have with God? Why would you even ask that? Yeah, he comes to the garden. We hear him walking through the garden to see us. Yeah, we're in a personal relationship with God, I guess you would say. So what went wrong? They ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They sinned. They were up here, but they fell. And the human race fell. And we live in our fallenness. And so if I said to you, sin is our biggest problem, probably you would say, well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't take, you know, somebody really brilliant to figure that out. Sin is our biggest problem because when you watch the news, lots of people are lying and cheating and killing and stealing and hurting and wounded and victimizing and everything else you can think of. Yeah, sin is a big problem in our world. And the Bible says everybody has Everybody, your sons and daughters of Adam's race, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you think, I'm not a sinner, the Bible says you are mistaken. The Bible says, if you say you are without sin, you deceive yourself. That's what the Bible says. Everybody's got the same disease. And so it's true that when we sin, it hurts us and it hurts others and that it's a big problem. But it's more than just societal dysfunction. Here's what else it does. You ready for this? It separates us from God. So when we sin, it separates us from God. And so what do Adam and Eve, what do what does Adam and Eve do when they when they when they sin? 
They hide. <laughs> and God comes walking through the garden. Hey, I'm back. Where are you? And Adam says, we're hiding. And God says, why are you hiding? And you know what he says? We're naked. And God says, wait, wait, wait. Who, who told you? Oh, you ate from the tree. And now there's something between man and God. The relationship is broken. Wow. So what do you do? You know what it is to live in broken relationships? Do you, do you remember the story about the little boy who came home from school one day? I think it was maybe eight or ten. And he's out playing with his friends in the neighborhood. And one of his friends steals some cigarettes from his father. And he said, we stand in a circle and he passes them out. So here we are holding cigarettes. And then he lights them all for us. It's smoke everywhere. And I'm holding that cigarette and I hear my mother from a few houses away calling me for dinner. Dinner was always my favorite part of the day because that meant my dad was home. And I loved my dad. I was nuts about my dad. But he said, standing there holding that cigarette was the first memory I ever have had in my life of not wanting to be in my father's presence. Standing there holding that cigarette was the first memory I ever had in my life of not wanting to be in my father's presence. Because sin separates us. It breaks relationships. And so what do you do? So, you know, God who created the universe would like a relationship with me. He would like to get to know me. He would like for us to talk and hang out. But i got a problem. There's something that keeps me from relating to Him. I've got sin in my life. And honestly, sometimes I really don't want to talk to Him. Sometimes I don't want to go to church. Because of my sin, people may say. So what's the solution? And so the most natural solution that comes to our minds is this. Maybe I can be better. If I've been bad, maybe I can be good. In fact, maybe I can be really good. Maybe I can be so good that all the good will finally one day outweigh the bad. And then maybe I can earn God's favor and God can say, Okay, you're good enough. We can have a relationship now. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches me there is a solution. And the solution is that God gave His only Son to die on a cross for my sins. And not only did He die on the cross, but He rose from the dead, finally defeating sin once and for all, and death and brokenness. And I accept Jesus into my heart and the forgiveness that He offers me. And my relationship with God is restored. So, 
You believe all of this? Mm -hmm. I've experienced all of this. And so here's what it looks like in my life. I, I go running out of my office and down the stairs and out the west doors over to my car. And I'm usually running because I'm usually running late. And I jump in my car and I'm the only person in my car. But I begin to say, you are going to have to help me today. As I go see these people. I trust you that you're going to give me wisdom. Because I really want to be a blessing. I don't know if people think I'm on my Bluetooth or not. I'm I'm just talking to God. But I don't say things like, Fathers, I come before you this morning. I pray that you will. No, 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 no. I say, God, I feel really heavy today. For these people that are fighting cancer in our church. I remember getting up a few mornings ago and I said to him, Lord, I love, I love this. I love us. I love how close, how close you are. I love our friendship. And, and frankly, there's, there's times in my life when I say, I'm not very close to you right now. My fault. So, so you talk to him. Yes. Does he talk to you? Of course. Sometimes I'm amazed when I get up and open the Word of God, how directly God speaks to me through His Word. Just amazed. And sometimes He just speaks into my life. Just in my my spirit, I feel like God is talking to me. You say, what's He say? A whole lot of the times he says, don't do that. He has to say that a lot to me. Stop it. Annette says that a lot to me. <laughs> Sometimes he says things like, I told you I loved you. <clears throat> and sometimes he says things like, Trust me. You can trust me, Rick. I'm God. I got this. Just be still. I know. And though you can't see my hands right now moving, I'm working. You can trust me. So you're saying that you live your life in a relationship with God. Yeah. When, Jesus, when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray and was therefore teaching us how to pray, did he not say, here's what you should call him when you pray. You should call him... Literally. And you can ask your dad for stuff. Your daddy loves you. He cares about you. But to those who received him, 
He gave the right to become what? Children of God. And so here you find yourself sitting in a church on Sunday morning. And you've got to ask yourself some questions. Do I live my life in relationship with God? And some of you just kind of have a really quick answer. No, I don't because there's stuff between me and God. i got sin, okay? We're not in relationship. There is stuff between us. It's a problem. So what's the solution to the problem? And that is to accept the forgiveness that Jesus gives us. I can't make myself a child of God. I can only accept the forgiveness that Jesus offers me. And I become his child. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me, okay? And we're going to pray before we go and we're going to sing before we go. And so this morning, I think it would be a really good thing if you said, Rick, I don't have a relationship with God, but I want one. If you're telling me He wants one with me, I would love to be in relationship with the God who created the universe. That would be awesome. I would love to be right with Him. And so if it's a matter of me accepting the forgiveness that Jesus offers me, then then I want to be forgiven. And I want my life to change. I, I want you to be born again. I mean, I'm talking about a new birth, a new life, transformation. I'm different now. And so in a moment we're going to sing. And if you want to come and pray here. I grew up in a church where we had altars like this. And people would come here to pray. You don't have to come here to pray. But sometimes I think there's good reasons to come here to pray. And especially if you're praying a prayer like this this morning, it might be to your advantage for a pastor or someone that loves you to pray with you. I think also there's times in our lives when we need to make a statement to people around us about this is the direction my life is going now. And so I know I could pray where I stand, but I'm going to come here and pray. And I'm kind of saying to everybody here that I'm going to follow Jesus with my life. Sometimes that's important to us. And so if you want to come and pray for other reasons, you can do that too. There will be a pastor on each side. And, and if you want them to anoint you and pray for healing or about something that's going on in your life or your family system or a struggle. Or if you want to come and give God thanks and praise this morning for his blessings, you can do that. Let's take some time to pray before we go. Powerful song that we're going to sing. Pay attention to what it says. He's not mad at you. And he's not finished yet. His grace is greater still. All of your own choices And He is full of mercy And He is ever kind Here is it
invitation His arms are open wide You can come as you St. Augustine who said oh Lord you have made us and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you oh Lord you have made us and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you so I invite you to find rest in God God bless you. We'll continue to worship. Um, You have to go leave quietly, but we're going to sing a little bit this morning. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at BethanyNaz.org.